Nelson is either the best friend ever, the worst boyfriend ever, or maybe just needs to stop being so close with literally everyone in the house. Plus, it's another guy's daily challenge day because I guess that's a thing. Anissa, she likes her partner this week. Bananas, he turns 40. Devin continues to be sneaky awesome now. Jay and Michelle, they reap what they have sowed. And does Amber give the worst hugs or something? Like seriously, what the hell did this girl do to deserve all the shit that she keeps on getting even from her friends? It's the challenge. Ride or Dies episode 8 recap coming up right now. What up, my fellow challenge lovers? Welcome to The Challenge Historian, where we dive deep into all things MTV's The Challenge, past, present, or future. If it's happening in the Challenge universe, then we are here to document it. I am your host and dedicated Challenge Historian, Jacob Hollibaugh. Thank you so very, very much for being here with me tonight to talk Ride or Dies, episode number eight. The season continues on. We're at least at the halfway point. Please let us be past the halfway point. Please don't let this go more than 14 episodes or something crazy like that. It's the first time we've been here since last Friday because you might have noticed we missed Monday. We were supposed to be doing Australia recaps, but alas, we could not. Reason why? The same reason why this podcast might sound a little bit different. And if it doesn't right now, trust me, by the end of all of this talking I'm about to do, it's certainly going to. I, unfortunately, while I had a lovely Thanksgiving, got to visit some family and friends and eat all the good food. I also caught the flu, like the capital F flu. And uh, yeah, that was that was a time. That was a long, the last four to five days have not been the most enjoyable. And this voice and these vocal cords in this throat were not prepared to speak for any length of time, let alone the length that these podcasts tend to be. So we had to skip out on those on Mondays and is also why tonight I'm here, I'm doing it, but things ain't perfect. So if there's a bunch of pauses, if there's some coughing, if there's who knows, I'm in a room by myself. No one else is getting whatever's left of whatever I still got in this system of mine. But if it sounds a little odd, if my voice sounds a little different, that is why. But that'll be okay. We're going to tough it through. And then we are going to be back with those Australia recaps. All of them, we're a little behind now, so we got a lot of catching up to do. Australia episode three this Friday, hopefully, pending this voice and how the rest of work, which I have to keep using this voice for real job during the day. The next few days, we'll see how that goes down. But on Friday, Australia episode three, try to do episode four, then right away on Saturday so we can do episode five next Monday. And then we're still not totally 100% caught up with where the real-time results coming out of Australia are, but we'll be getting damn close. So we're going to get caught up with that Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Also on Saturday, of course, Survivor Saturdays with Paige over on Most Likely 2 podcast feed. So check that out if you're watching Survivor. Haven't quite got to the episode tonight, obviously, because we're doing Challenge first, but I can only imagine it was another good one. It's coming very near the end of that wonderful season. So make sure if you're watching that, check out Paige and I's recaps as well. And then also, fair warning, this is not programming notes. We're just moving into warning for the challenge community out there. If you are someone who does not like challenge-related spoilers, then I'm just warning you now, not for this podcast, don't turn anything off, warning you to stay maybe off the social media streets for a little bit there because I was on the Twitter, I was on the Instagram during this episode, 
and I started to see some things popping up as if maybe the global tournament finished filming today or yesterday or sometime in the last 24 hours, but it sounds like some people know who won. And uh, I thankfully avoided actually seeing anything of that nature of who actually did win, but I saw a couple notes that were at least leading me to believe that a winner has been crowned somewhere wherever they are filming that season and that it is done. And so if you are someone who wants to avoid all those spoilers, there was a lot more challenge faces and personalities out from the challenge media sphere talking about these particular, uh, the season that just wrapped filming than usual. I definitely usually have my screeners up. I only follow certain people for those reasons. And there was some stuff starting to break through. I just had to get off. I just had to exit. It was like, I guess I ain't looking for a while. So just know them spoilers are out there in full force right now. So if I was you and I wanted to avoid them, maybe we just, maybe we just get off them social media channels for a little bit here. And if not, if you're still going to be out there, just make sure watch, tread carefully, watch your step. You might see something you don't want to see. Thankfully, I, I didn't see anything consequential to my enjoyment of the season or my knowledge of who does what on the season. So we're good and clean there, and hopefully I am going to stay that way. So that's your warning. Those are your programming reminders. That's why this voice sounds a little odd tonight. As for episode eight of Ride or Dies, we're going to break it all down. We're skipping the Cliff Notes recap, mostly because there's a lot to cover here. And again, the voice thing is, you know, we're, we're just, we're just going to skip the Cliff Notes recap. I don't have to give a reason. It's my podcast. That's just what we're doing. We're moving right into the storylines. Let's go. There are a lot of big storylines from the episode, a lot of decisions worth discussing, and we're going to do a little hybrid model. Normally, we either go with like just what are the straight storylines, boom, 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 or walk through the episode, talk about every segment. We're kind of going to do a hybrid right now because we got, I think, what here? One, two, three, four, five things, topics to discuss. And I'm going to discuss them in the order they kind of happen or culminate in the episode. So it's a little bit of both, but we ain't touching on everything. We're hitting the most important things. And we're going to start with the least important of those most important, but it was early in the episode. And I do think it's worth discussing. And that is Johnny Banana's birthday. The birthday boy is 40 or turned 40 you know, months and months ago, whenever this was actually being filmed. And I got to say, uh, pretty lackluster birthday party. It was in the next week on last week. And I was like, oh, that's nice of them. They're going to have like a big birthday party. No one's there other than Nani is like actually friends with Johnny, really, of this cast anymore. And he says, kind of, not really even that much. But, uh, you know, it, it was a little lackluster. And it did make me remember when... Maybe you remember this time. Remember when the challenge, everyone on the show was like 21 to 26 years old. Remember like way, way back when people were like 18, 19, 20, like there, there were, there was a couple 21st birthdays celebrated in challenge history. Okay. The Miz famously uh, celebrated his 21st birthday. Timmy stayed up till midnight just to cheers him and then go to bed on Miz's 21st birthday way back on Battle of the Seasons. That will not be the only Miz Battle of the Seasons reference tonight. You bet your bottom dollar. But yeah, it made me feel very old to re realize that uh, Bananas is 40. And yeah, they you know they rub the 21 seasons in your face over and over. And like, yeah, I'm an old man. I've been watching this show a long time. And uh, I hope to be watching it until I'm an actual old, old man. I just hope that not old, old men are competing on it the entire time that I continue watching it for the rest of my life. So made me feel a little old. I did like they threw the pillows at him. That was a nice touch. 
That was a nice callback to some earlier days when the throwing the pillows at the clue reader was a great, great gag in the challenge house. Led to some people being very upset that didn't understand the deal or maybe sometimes when people threw those pillows a little extra hard at certain people. But it also made me realize no one else there knows to do that or knew about that. That was Johnny's decision, right? And that made me think, did Johnny plan this entire thing for himself? Or was it just Johnny and Nani? Like, we should get a little camera time. It's your birthday. And everyone else was like, sure, cake, whatever. Horacio was like, I'm I'm down for anything. I'll smash cake in his face. It's like, oh, yeah, I feel, feels like uh, Johnny maybe planned this lackluster birthday party for himself, which would track. And the uh, final thing about it, it just kind of summed up that, you know, Captain Save a Show isn't, that important to this season really like he kind of is he's a part of the group that everyone's been going against these last few weeks that are making things interesting making things excited i was certainly thrilled to have him and nani on this season it was fun when they came out the first episode but it just kind of feels like yeah it's just not we've we've finally found this next crop they're not nearly as young as they used to be and they've all some of them have taken quite a few seasons to get here but like we got this other crop of people who are the interesting people this ep- this episode this season and are doing a great job and are kind of going against you and this other alliance that's kind of been a little stale over the last few seasons and we're having a lot more fun with them and it just kind of this lackluster birthday party kind of reinforced how much fun i've been having with everything else going on this season Let's talk Daily Challenge, all right? Daily Challenge this episode, really, really, really cool. I liked it a lot. I saw some people while I was still on social media before I realized it was a hotbed of spoilers and I needed to get the hell away. Saw a lot of people being like, you know, they're kind of over the whole running on cars or why they always have to be on cars and semis and stuff. I'm not always over it. If the game's designed cool, I think it's cool. I thought this one was really cool, except... Only if both people have to do it. Why are there suddenly one-person challenges on a pairs season? It's a partner season. Why are both partners not having to go here? Why does one partner only have to climb in and out of a window while the other runs across cars repeatedly? Why not both go add the times together? It doesn't seem like it takes that long. seems like there's plenty of time to do this during the day. I don't know. I don't get it. And making it even kind of maybe worse uh, or just solidifying the bad decision that I think it is, is it's clearly a guys have to do the running and girls have to be in the car because Kenny goes over Casey. And yes, I just mentioned Kenny and Casey more than they got seen or talked in the episode. Even after DQing, he doesn't have a confessional. So uh, they just continue to be literally non-existent more so than anyone's ever like the jokes were jokes before. And now it's like, we're using the word non-existent in a literal fashion here. Uh, they don't exist on this season. It's insane. But Casey would have smoked this. Uh, I would assume she would have went over Kenny. No shots, but also, I mean, no, it's not shots. Casey, Casey would have smoked this. She would have been the right choice of those two. So clearly it was like, guys got to do it. Girls, maybe she was just like, you can do it. It's fine. Uh, we're not going to win. And it doesn't matter if we win because no one cares about us being here. So I don't know. But it seems like it's guys only. And... I don't get why they're doing, like, it's just a guy's daily challenge. Like, that's what it is at the end of the day. It doesn't seem fair um, to the women to get to compete and do the cool shit to the teams in general of make being like, you know, this comes down to who has the best guy for this. And Jordan smokes. Guess what? If they both have to go, 
Jordan and Nisa are not winning this challenge. They're not coming close to winning this challenge. And, you know, if I'm a Casey, if I'm Tori, and, like, Devin did really, really well, I feel like I could have definitely done better than, you know, uh, Mariah or Anani, maybe. I don't know. They might have done really well. It just, regardless, it feels very weird. I don't like when partner seasons, they do a challenge where it's just one person. And I don't like it even more, given this show's history with the gender politics that they've thankfully left almost all in the far past at this point, making this like uh, just kind of the guys challenge and the girls are just there. I don't like it. I don't think it's a good look. So that's how I feel about it. If they both would have got to go, this is a really awesome challenge. Also, don't let them watch anymore until they've gone. I always liked when they used to do that, I know they used to do it for puzzles specifically, where it's like you don't get to watch until after you've gone and then you can watch because it doesn't matter as much anymore. But I think that works for even these ones where they get to time each other. They get to watch and do that mental timer and also learn some specific tricks like such as no one picks up on it. I guess they go last so no one else could have, but maybe if they wouldn't have went last, someone could have. But Bananas and Jordan, part of the reason they do so well is because they're both veteran savvy. They're looking up and following their rope the whole time. If you watch Jordan's run again, he's just constantly looking up and he knows like I can't get tripped up and pulled off this thing by the way this rope that I'm attached to is pulling me around like everyone else has done. I've done this type of stuff before. I know I don't get to actually just run freely. I got to make sure I'm pulling this and using this system right, that whole thing. So I don't think they should get to watch time each other i think they should have to stay hidden and just hear that thing going by back and forth hear a horn in the distance that would be way more fun and again make them both go so that's the daily challenge good performances all around jordan smokes it love seeing that even if it eventually leads to an outcome i'm not thrilled about next up we've got amber and michelle so then you know, we make it back to the house. We had gotten some Amber Michelle at the beginning of the episode. Now we get some more of it. I love this duo. I am mostly because I, I've liked them both individually on this show. As if you've listened to this season so far, I very much like Michelle on this show. And I'm glad she's found a friend. And I'm very glad that Amber has finally found a friend in this house. Because if you listened last week or a few different times in the history of Amber being on this uh, on the show while we've been covering it here on the podcast. I don't understand why everyone seems to not like her. It happened last week where we get the, you know, Nerese comment of like, I just don't think I could trust her. I don't think I like her and I don't have a reason for it. And she's like the fifth person who said that in the three seasons that Amber's been on and none of us know why no one could ever give a reason. And it's very confusing. And then I'm like, Oh, she's got a friend. This is amazing. She deserves, they both deserve a friend. And they're both the ones leading this alliance that I'm thrilled about. That's taken, you know, trying to go against this kind of stale group of vets that's been, you know, dragging the last couple seasons down at times, or at least making it a little stale and boring at times because no one will go against them. And then suddenly Amber tries to give Michelle a hug to, you know, console her that she's going into elimination and Michelle doesn't want a hug and basically tells her to F off more or less. I mean, she doesn't say that, but like that's kind of the response that it is. And it's very weird. And then that somehow turns into like a real conversation that they have to have about like, do we still like each other? Are we still friends? What's going on here? It's just, I, it was an unforeseen uh, circumstance, certainly. And all as it was happening, I was just like, dang, 
Michelle and Jay are going home, huh? Because they they kind of turned this little moment that was super strange into like a thing, and we had to see the cop follow up conversation and all of that. And I was like, ah, oh, yeah, Michelle's definitely going home after this one. I feel like this is too clear of editing. So that was weird. And it just leads me back to the whole, like, why does everyone dislike Amber? Why does, why does even her friend, she gives her friend, her, she finally finds a friend in the house and she gives her friend a hug to console her of like, hey, we knew you were going in. Good luck. And just how does this happen? How does everyone end up disliking Amber? I just want to know. I feel like I'm losing my mind. I feel like that, you know, Again, like I said last week, the more times this happens, you almost have to accept that it's true and just we're not seeing something. But also, the further we go here, the further we would see something by now other than her just being like a sweet, wonderful person who's pretty good at this and who has won a challenge before. And it's just none of it makes sense. So I liked that duo. I was sad that uh, that duo is not going to continue in the house together. Speaking of duos, then we move to the fourth storyline and probably the biggest ultimately the biggest story of the episode and that is nelson and fessel and olivia and the love friend triangle of trust and who's gonna save who just complete chaos for nelson nelson he really i mean we talked last week about the incredible ascension to the top of power in this game and then immediately somehow found himself at the exact bottom while holding that power in his hand just an incredible fall last week based off a couple bad decisions and then he's is put in a position this week where he's got to make his life even worse he's got to make another decision this time he doesn't have a good or bad way to go there's no right answer in the situation he ends up in but Let's backtrack and get up to that decision here in a little bit. Jordan and Nisa's picks, straightforward, exactly who they should have picked, handled it in all the right ways. And by all the right ways, I mean Jordan does. Anissa mostly does, except for the trying to play nice with Fessel at the bar. That was kind of laughable, and I was like, yeah, you're good try. I was really, really happy with how my guy Fessel responded to that one. But they make all the exact perfect picks. They pick exactly who they should. They're smart. They're vets. They knew they've been playing and they know how to play the game. They they make all the right picks. There's nothing really to discuss there. Then, <clears throat> good thing the one person Fessel has been talking game with, because we learned he hasn't been talking game with Anissa or Jordan, which, sure, why, you know, I don't, I, he didn't want to talk game with you when he was your partner on Double Agents. That's the reason you kind of don't like him originally. And then, you know, your best friend calls him a walking mistake. So you also doesn't really like I don't I never got where Anissa was coming from here that like her and Fessel would maybe be working together or friendly and you know he's just being friendly because he's kind of friendly to everyone until he doesn't need to be but he is talking game with one person and it was the smartest choice he could have made ultimately because that is his roommate Nelson and he's been quiet to everyone else but one person he talks to comes in clutch because him and Nelson we see at the beginning of the episode whether you know we don't know when all these conversations are happening the way they're editing this. So maybe this was perfectly timed conversation between them to talk about the past and be like, Hey, remember when I did that? Yeah. Like, are we good now? Like, you know, you're safe with me, right? Like have the whole conversation. Maybe that really did happen the day before the daily challenge. And then all of this happens, or maybe it happened in the moment and they made it look like it came before who knows with the way this thing is editing, but it's a good thing. They had those conversations because then Nelson gets put on the spot <clears throat> and it's obvious this is going to happen the whole way through. 
uh, you know, once once we know these three are going to be in the draw, they're setting it up and they deliver on it. Nelson has to pick Fessel and Mariah, Olivia and Horacio. And does he make the right call? Well, there's part of me that would say no, he does not because Fessel and Mariah are better suited to beat you in a final. So pick them. Olivia and Harasso will have you as their number one. Fessel and Mariah will have you as number two behind Casey and Kenny, of all people. So pick Fessel and Mariah. And you've got your history as an out for why you did it. So pick Fessel and Mariah. It seems pretty easy. So no, he didn't make the right decision. But also, actually, he did make the right decision because he's known Olivia for like, what, three weeks, four weeks, however long they've been there, plus the quarantine. So like not all that long in Nelson falls in love with a new person every week within a challenge house that he's basically ever been on. So like stick with your boy and stick with the team that then maybe you could at least be number ones. Like you were kind of got nothing after last week. Now you at least got something either way. I don't know. Uh, what I'm trying to say is there, there wasn't a right answer. He truly was in a no win situation, but also like a no loss situation because both people seem to fully understand the no win situation that he was in. And there was just the luck of where the alliances in the house are and the fact that with nine teams left, they're still picking four to go down there, which of course is likely to change next week. But he doesn't make the right call. He doesn't make the wrong call. He just makes a call. I personally, obviously, as a Fessel fan club leader myself, was thrilled with the call that he did make. Final storyline to discuss then is the elimination, the end of the episode. The Tower of Hanoi puzzle strikes again. My favorite puzzle that they can bring into the challenge house, a true classic in life and in the challenge. I mentioned it before. Here's where that second Miz on Battle of the Seasons reference is coming. The Tower of Hanoi puzzle first seen costing Road Rules the title on Battle of the Seasons Season 5 when Miz figured it out for real world and got them the win in one of the first ever true kind of finals, if you will, that there ever was. It wasn't all that long, but there was a little paddling section slash swimming. There was a little running on the beach. There was the Tower of Hanoi puzzle. It was kind of stages of a final, just extremely short version of what we would know so the tower of hanoi puzzles back this one though a great game great concept one person in the wheel spinning around love everything about it except for one thing the crowd noise again i said it before i just really don't like it we talked about it earlier this season it decides this game again it decides this game they both seem to have the puzzle strategy down maybe maybe because olivia maybe took a little guidance there at the start, maybe really was basically listening to what they were saying up on stage. Tough to tell, but either way, it comes down to speed between the two of them and hearing each other, and Jay and Michelle cannot hear a thing and stop moving for multiple times in this, and it's because they can't hear because everyone else is yelling, and I don't like it. I know I'm not going to do the whole rant again, but I know it's part of the game. I respect that it's part of the game. I don't know that I think it shouldn't be a part of the game, but I also know that I absolutely hate it and even more bias is here because I wanted Jay and Michelle to stay, which speaking of Olivia and Horacio first, Olivia remains absolute star, absolute, absolute star. Horacio remains uh, nice to look at and seems to be very good at these challenges, but without Laurel there, his star power, you know, fading a little bit, but Olivia super duper star. I didn't want to see her leave, but I also once it got down to this matchup, did want to see the rookies leave because Jay and Michelle 
We owe them so much. They really turned this season into something really awesome and fun for the last few weeks. They should have thrown in Bananas and Nani. Sure, that was a mistake. But it was also entertaining because they made a mistake and then did better the next week around and continued to shake this whole thing up and go against the Vacation Alliance, everything everyone's been wanting for multiple seasons in a row. Nelson was the one who kind of really fucked it up last week. And yeah, I just, Jane Michelle brought so much this season. I love them both individually. I think they're both great for the show. I think they're both good players with obvious weaknesses, which is also perfect for the show. Bring them back. Love Jane Michelle. Hate to see them go. Really wanted to see them run a final this season. But I appreciate all the contributions they have done to be the driving force behind why this season has been awesome in the middle portion of it the last few weeks. Moving into the awards, we've got best quote moment in MVP. I was not able to record the episode audio again this week. So we've got just me in this piss poor voice reading these quotes to you tonight. But we got three nominees. First one, Devin, quote, People regularly refer to me as Fat Tom Hardy, so I feel like I'm right where I need to be, end quote. Incredible stuff. I love Devin's quotes all times. I love Tom Hardy. I love action movies. All of this works very well on your boy. Number two, a long nominee here from Jordan, quote, catch a glimpse of Jay's face and he's defeated. Someone stole his toy, knocked his ice cream out of his hand and popped his balloon. Buddy, you should have done better because we're still here. We're like cockroaches. You can't get rid of us and now we're all up in your sandwiches. End quote. What a story there from Jordan. Just absolute, the tale that never ends. It just keeps on going, but somehow kind of kept landing it throughout the whole thing. It never totally goes off the rails. It mostly makes sense. It's coherent. And then third and finally, Michelle, quote, because I've been spiraling this entire game so far, spitting out. That's Michelle 101, end quote. Love, love that. And, uh, you know, the self-deprecation always, always going to work. But of those three, Jordan's was a little too try, try hard a little bit for me. It's too much. Only if half of one of those, just either half of it maybe wins on its own, but because it's too much, I'm going to go ahead and give it to Devin. Devin wins, I think maybe his first best quote of the season, which is a big, big surprise, but I think that might be true. Moving on to best moment. Five nominees here. Speaking of Devin, first nominee, Devin asking Anissa what her deal with Jordan is. I very much appreciated that. I appreciated putting her on the spot, having to make her explain that. That moment was interesting. It wasn't very convincing as far as them being ride or dies, but it was it was nice that she at least said, like, we don't like each other a lot of the time, and they showed some of those clips. So that was the most honest thing we've got about this pair from the editing team and producers the entire season long. But it was just fun to see that get put on the spot. So really, really liked that from Devin. Second one, Kenny getting a DQ, but no confessional. We referenced it before, but, I mean... You'd think if there was a time to let the man speak, it would have been this. So I just I just don't know what's going on here. I don't know why he and Casey can't just get one little eensy-weensy confessional in there anytime. Or maybe Casey about Kenny DQing here. Something? Anything? I guess nothing. This is why Bloodlines, while some cool things about that season also didn't totally work. Because sometimes the Bloodline thing doesn't always work out. Third nominee, Jordan's run in the Daily Challenge. He's a monster. It was awesome to watch him. You, you knew... There was a couple people during this challenge who were like, oh, they're going to they're gonna eat. They're going to do so well at this. Jordan was one of them. I fully expected him to win, and he went out there and won because that's what he does. Give him something he's going to be good at, and boy, 
He's going to be great at it. Fourth one, Fessel getting smart-assy with Anissa at the bar. Referenced earlier, loved everything about his reaction to her trying to be friendly after the fact. Again, and him just be like, no, it's good. We we never needed to be friendly in the first place. It's You can go away now. Like we, it, It's fine. I just loved everything about it. Fifth and final nominee then. Nelson having to choose the entire moment of them choosing is the moment of the episode, obviously. But I specifically love, while she follows it up by actually saying something and giving him time to think, Nerese starts the whole thing off with just being like, I'm going to let you decide and literally like steps backwards. She says, I'm going to let you decide and steps backwards. It's incredible. She then again does follow it up. It actually says something, gives him some time, but that moment, the picking, it's obviously the, the moment of the episode, not even close. And then as for the episode MVP, top five, Vessel fifth, Nelson fourth, Olivia third, Jordan second, all four of them put up great performances. I thought, but the winners, because I like them so much and I'm going to miss them so much and because they were, honestly, as, as much as anyone, even though on the losing end, you know, the MVPs of the episode, got to give it to Jay and Michelle, just out of respect for everything they've done this season. They got to get one more win somewhere under their belts and why not from some random podcaster handing out episode MVPs. So here's to you, Jay and Michelle. We then come to the power rankings and predictions. And on the power rankings front, they fell from the top spot last week for the first time all season. And guess what? They're already back on top. Devin and Tori retake number one spot. I just, everything Devin does is going really well this whole season. Even when we're like, oh, they think he's going to be in some hot water an episode or two ago. And then it just never comes to fruition. Now, next week, the game's changing. He's going to be able to react to it as well as anyone. He's been, you know, friendly and making deals here, there with almost everyone. They're both still good. If they're both allowed to compete and it's a full pairs challenge, they're going to do well. They're back in the number one spot. Nani Bananas back to number two. Fessy and Mariah in third. And then we got some differences. Olivia and Horacio move up to fourth. I think they can make a final. I think they could win a final if they get there. Amber and Chauncey in fifth. Don't think they can win the final, but I do think they're going to get there. Nelson and Nerys in sixth. I don't think they can win a final, and I don't know that they're going to get there. Anissa and Jordan fall all the way to seven after a win. How's that happen? Because we're just getting too close, and literally they have no chance of winning the final, and so they're in seventh now, and Casey and Kenny in eighth, because please just let them go home at some point. So then maybe one, we could hear from them. If they go into an actual elimination, they're going to have a confessional. It has to happen. If it doesn't, that would actually be all-time amazing from the editing crew if they were like, they go into an elimination and we don't get a confessional the whole episode that they end up going home in. That would be wild. That would be crazy. But they're in eighth. As for predictions, Jay and Michelle were in our preseason finals predictions. We're now down two of those. We've got three left. Bananas and Nani, Tori and Devin, Chauncey and Amber. Tori and Devin as our winner picks still remain. And... For the second week in a row on our weekly predictions, we went over three. We said Jay and Michelle would get another win and the vets would remain on notice. Nope. Fessel and Mariah would pick the vets side. They didn't really pick a side, so that doesn't count. And then I said boldly that Kenny would have a single confessional. Didn't happen. So we're next week. We've got to get some right this time around. So these are the three I'm going to say. One, there will be a format change. <laughs> Maybe a little cheating there. Two, Anissa is not going to like her partner next week. I don't think Anissa is going to like Jordan next week. She goes hot and cold with him. I think next week's a cold week. And third, I'm saying it again. It, it has to happen. It has to. Casey and Kenny will speak. That is the third and final prediction. So with that, 
that is Ride or Die's episode eight. We made it through barely. The voice is really, really hanging by a thread here. So hopefully we will be back on Friday with Australia recaps. We will see how this throat is doing by then. Thank you so much for being here with us tonight. As always, hit that follow subscribe button wherever you may be listening and go follow on Instagram at Challenge Story and DM me there if you want to chop it up about the challenge. Thank you all for being here. We'll talk to you again soon. Peace.